back to Insurance Happy Hour. I'm Laird. And I'm Becky. Hey, Becky. Do we sound I, better I, today? Oh, I, I sure to God hope so. Because <laughs> 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 last week I wanted to take the mic and destroy it and you never even do using this again. Mic. You weren't using ah. the mic. Uh, well, the the one that's built into my computer that was just absolutely horrible. Yes, you had a horrible echo last week. Yeah. I did not for some for some reason. I did not have an echo like you did. Yeah. Well, thanks for noticing. I'm not, I'm, <laughs> that 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 helps out quite a bit. Um, the other thing is, don't call it a comeback. I, I hear LL Cool J in my head with uh, us having two back to back episodes. If it's not a comeback, when do we get to call it a comeback? I don't. I, you never can actually call it a comeback, I guess, because we'll just, you know, have another virus, another protest, whatever causes us not to do another episode. We'll we'll figure it out, right? <laughs> There's a lot of reasons why we don't may miss an episode. <laughs> I feel like pandemic is a bit extreme. Work related pandemics. Yeah, we 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 figured them all out. But uh, yeah, that's, you know, generally we try to start some of these shows with a little bit of a uh, an opener. I just don't think we need to this week because I have something to talk about. Oh, no. Here we go. <laughs> you know about it. I tweeted about it. We already know where this is going. <laughs> you tweeted about a lot of things this week. You've actually been pretty active on Twitter this week compared uh, to the last several months when you have not been. There, there's been a little bit of a snark this week. And usually when I'm in a bad mood, which I am this week, um, do, do I become a little bit more snarky online? I see what you're, you're smirking over there. <laughs> um, you, okay. So anybody who has looked at my Twitter knows I can appreciate the snark. I am not, not new to snarkiness and I'd love it. That's all I got to say. So, so you, so you, you like, and and this is the thing a lot of people don't, don't know or don't think or don't even care is that I'm actually sometimes, sometimes funny. Sometimes. Not always, sometimes funny, but I, I can be funny if I actually want to be funny. The problem is, is my funny usually comes out as a little bit of an asshole <laughs> and a little bit of snark. And so I just went on a tear this week. Like I, I'm replying to people's comments. I'm replying here. I'm flying there. But uh, yeah, I, I've decided that this is the week I've, I'm, I'm making my valiant return to Twitter. <laughs> well, I can't speak for everybody. I can't speak for all of Twitter, but I've missed you on Twitter. <laughs> 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 had a couple vague tweets this week. It, yeah. Jeez. And uh, it, it was funny. A couple people asked me about that vague tweet and I, I told them, I was like, I, I told them what it was. And they're like, Oh my gosh. Like they saw, like I showed them what it was like, Oh my gosh, I can't believe this is out here. And I'm like, yeah. And I'm like, you're in the industry. What does this mean? <laughs> <laughs> whatever i wonder if the people who, who wrote that know what it means because <laughs> i mean from my perspective having to create similar type content for itc buzzword bullshit <laughs> yes definitely that but i can't even parse it like it's <laughs> I, I mean, I, I, I sat there and 
there was a good solid 20 minute period that I'm like, I'm going to write a Chrome plugin that scores a page on to see how much buzzword bullshit is on that page. And I was, I was like, Oh my gosh, like there's another one. And there's another one. Like, what is this saying? I mean, if if you played buzzword, a buzzword drinking game, you would be drunk. (laughs) You off your even, ass <laughs> a third yeah, of the way page yeah, you wouldn't even you wouldn't get into the bullet points you'd be like you would have filled your bottle halfway through the page <laughs> you'd have to start what, drinking bug spray or something <laughs> to get the next high because I mean you're just out of it <laughs> Yeah. so yeah but that was uh, the day before the latest news came out uh, that Lemonade, an often guest on our, our podcast, uh, whether they want to or not. <laughs> guest, topic. <laughs> Whatever. Um, they have decided to go for an IPO. You say that like it was a recent decision. I feel like this is a decision they've been working on since they started. Oh, from day one, it was designed to go for an IPO. It just, where I really have my real issues here is I, I struggle to understand if they are a company. Mm-hmm. Because, what do you mean, like a carrier or like an incorporation? No, if if they're a viable business, and I've I have followed them, I have hoped them the best. I have all of that, but there is a point where you go from being a unicorn to being a company. And let's just let's this sit in for Q one, twenty twenty. Lemonade revenue was twenty six million, and net losses were thirty seven million. Yep. Okay, that's Q1. In Q1, they made $27 million. Dollars came in. And $63 million went out. That is... It's it's unfathomable. And in their S1, their, their filing to go public, they they actually had a section... Now it wasn't we're gonna to get to this, but they had a section that says we love insurance. Okay. I'm like, we love losing money should have been what it really says. Yeah. It's unbelievable. And then you go a little bit deeper. Since 2016, 118 million revenue with 227 million in net losses. That's nearing $400 million that they've burned through. And they're now asking the, the public markets to go get another hundred or more. I am floored. It, it, it's, it's almost delusional. I mean, how can you look at a company and, you know, ITC, as well as myself, we've all been inquisitive companies in the past where we, we like to make acquisitions. We like to find ways to put things together and make, make something better together, you know? Yeah. And then you look at this. It's like, who's going to invest in this? 
Who in their right mind invests in it? Well, let me tell you who invests in it. I am all ears. A company, a, a nice Japanese investment firm called SoftBank. You ever heard of SoftBank? I know the name. They, they quite, you know, Jack Ma is uh, the, the, the chairman, I don't think anymore, but he was um, very, you know, has high ideas, great ideas, go out there and do some really great things out there in the world, right? Yep. Yes. Well, let's talk about one of his other key investments in SoftBank. It was this little company called WeWork, who also put out an S1 or registration to go public that was filled with bullshit like we love insurance or we're going to transform the world by having pay-as-you-go hoteling spaces that is available in every city in the world and most companies have it and it's just rent offices, you know, shared office space and they were going to change the world. And This just comes off the same. It comes off. Yes, they're, they, they, they make a lot of donations, correct? You know, lemonade, they, they have causes that they go after. But only if there's money left over. But, well, no, I, yes, I, I actually think that part of that giving is, is that, is that they, they are already giving and they're, they, they dip their toe into political issues and all of that. And, there has to be a point where I stop going, Hey, I want them to succeed. I want, I love when businesses succeed to changing. I need to warn the world about this. I would not allow my grandma to invest in this company. I would not let friends and family invest in that company. It is uh, amazing. There was an article out there that was, it, it's, a, you know, a lemonade is a unicorn vomiting rainbows. <laughs> Who wrote that? I wanted to read it. I, it, I, I'll get, I'll send it to you so you can have it in the show notes. I'm like, and it was a complete dissertation of why this is such, it, it, it's crazy. And you even look at, um, you know, one of the greatest articles I read was Startup Dilution Done Right, Lemonade IPO decision, uh, Edition, which was funny because they're talking dilution, like making sure that the founder doesn't get diluted out. But I read it as delusional. <laughs> Startup Dilution Done Right. And I'm like, yes, this is, this is absolutely that way. And we'll get into the whole dilution portion in a second because of something you said. This company from day one was designed to go public. Oh, this and- is what they this is this is the Silicon Valley model, right? You you start up a tech company with the plans, most of them, not all of them, but most of them to exit through an IPO or an acquisition or something. You build it up fast and hard to, you know, it's your your whether it's user growth, data growth whatever the metric is that you are selling to the public via IPO or to a strategic acquisition of some sort, that that is the ultimate goal. And then you exit and you take the money that you've 
you've made from building up this company and selling it and you go and you do it again and you do it again and you do it again. And this is not the first time these key people have done this. So yes, from the beginning, they saw an opportunity in the insurance market in a space that is wholly underserved renters, right? Because if you look at their numbers, I was actually reading this. Um, hold on, I got to find it. First of all, renters is is a fairly easy market. It's an like, easy market, what? but the, how many people don't have renters is, is, is my point. That they, uh, a significant percentage of the people who have a policy from Lemonade didn't have a policy before. And I can't find the number right now, but it's in this article somewhere. Uh, well, the, but, but that it's because they spend the majority of that money on marketing. Yes. Oh, and that's the other part of this market of this article that I was reading that I'll put in the show notes is how much money they spend on marketing and how much more money they spent on marketing in 2019 compared to 2018. And 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 that's can I have their marketing budget? Yeah, that's that's buying customers. I mean, that's like buying Instagram users and buying Twitter followers. It's amazing. uh, Matt on uh, on, uh, Twitter replied to my post and said, um, because I had said something, they have a great hype machine. Just their percentage of TAM that they've captured is so small. TAM, total addressable market, is so small. If it was really that good and so transformative and so disrupted, they would have disrupted the market more and they have it. It's just really hard to take these companies seriously when they're not viable as a long-term business. And he replied back going, they're competing with Geico and others that spent billions of dollars on marketing. It sounds reasonable that it will take time to achieve a significant portion of TAM shares well. And I'm like, but the problem is, is that they're trying to buy that portion of TAM. First of all, first few years, they were giving policies away. They were saying, take a policy, and they were paying out claims like, look, we, we've talked about it on the show. They were what? Their loss ratio was, was in the threes, three hundreds. Meaning for every three dollar, every dollar they got in, they paid out three dollars of claims. It might have been lower. There's there's a few of them tossed around that time, but they were at least in the low two hundreds at a point. Yep. And they're talking about getting down to maybe 115, 120, I think was their, their last transparency report. And the problem with that is most renters companies are operating at like 50 to 75 loss ratio, like way under a dollar. But that's how the loss ratios work is that you need to get more than you pay out. That's called profit. And they have no intentions of being profitable. So what they want to do is they want to try to get break even on their claims, but then they want to go out and um, spend millions, hundreds of millions of dollars on marketing. And I'm like, okay, give me, give me $400 million and I will earn 117 million, whatever that was. You know, I'll, I'll make you $118 million revenue, but I'm going to spend 400 to get there. That's amazing. Yep. I mean, they might as well just go out in the street and say, hey, here's a, you know, we'll give you $2. 
if you give us one of the dollars back and leave us a review. That's how you get, that, that's how you could instantly get a hundred million likes is just pay for them. They, you know, get a hundred million likes, pay out two ducks. They get a hundred million likes and yeah, they'd be the most popular renters company known out there, but the policies don't matter. And that's, that's the real struggle that I'm having these days is that it's numbers and facts and all of this just don't matter to, to companies or people that, that are running these things. It's just like, well, Let's just make up the rules. Let's have a company that loses nearly $400 million and let's take it public. What, what else could go wrong? We work. We're losing a billion dollars a year. What else could go wrong? Let's go public. And it comes down to these companies are not altruistic. No. Because if they were, the, there wouldn't be dilution done right because the the original founders or the 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 original team at lemonade still holds a significant portion of the business and if it truly was altruistic don't own a dime give it to your employees make it an esop give everybody access to all of it and have them go out and you take a modest salary. That's not the case. Yeah. So it's difficult. It, it, it's just absolutely difficult to, 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 to take this seriously because at some point there, a business model has to exist. The goal of a, a company is that if they're UNICEF or if they're, you know, goodwill, great. You know, they're at the mercy of charitable donations. But this company doesn't present themselves as such. Well, it has a business model. It's just not proven to be profitable yet. Yeah. And, you know, one of the things Matt said online was that, you know, they're competing with Geico and others. Geico didn't throw money at the problem. What they did is they built a sound business model first. They, it took them years to get to where they could offer this. And they're out there spending billions of dollars on marketing. All of them out there are spending billions of dollars on marketing, but you know what? They're able to say, yeah, for every dollar of marketing that we spend, we get two back. Yep. A, a classic, you know, cost of acquisition calculation. I mean, would, would you invest in them? No, no, I, I, no. I mean, people, people will sit there and, you know, you talk to venture capitalists and private equity and banks and, and whatever. And if you're a company that's been around for 10 years, they're going to hold you. They're going to, they're going to treat you. They want to see every single number and all of that. But then you've got these unicorns that are evaluated on hopes and dreams and puppy dog tails or something. I don't know. It, it's hard. Yeah. But it's- so just back to their marketing expenses, they increased. I, I ta- wait, hold on. I talked long enough that you had time to look it up. Well, I, I, still I saw you get up and go to the bar. <laughs> <laughs> I still didn't find the uh, percentage of their policyholders that did not have uh, a policy before. Um, but they increased their sales and marketing expenses last year 
So they spent $89 million in 2019 compared, um, so that was $47 million more than they spent in 2018. So they significantly increased their marketing last year. Yeah. All right. And, and you know, they're, they're working on it. Like, um, I did find the numbers. They were, you know, they were at 100 in 2017. They're at 161% gross loss ratio. Then it's 112 and now it's down to 79 in 2019. But they're only writing $116 million of, of uh, gross written premium. That's gross. That's not... Uh, and it just it just reads in parallel to its top line and increasing efficiencies, our gross loss ratio declined steadily from one sixty one to one thirteen to seventy nine and to seventy two for the three months extending in twenty twenty. It's you know, and it, they have this section called management's discussion on analysis of financial condition and results of operations, key operating and financial metrics. You get to the section which you have to go through the why we love insurance and why we love technology section. Um, It's, you know, and then finally they need to appeal to the next generation of consumers. We're all consumers. That's, 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 you you know, the next generation consumers. Why don't we just, aren't, aren't we now in the next generation? Don't consumers purchase policies online without ever talking to anybody don't we have companies that are chatbot driven what's the next generation we're fucking here yeah well okay i did i did find the percentage of great their customers finally because <laughs> I, I i need to pour i need to pour a cold uh, glass of water out my head <laughs> you you need to take a breather uh 90 yeah. about 90 percent of their customers said they were not switching from another carrier Ninety percent. Ninety percent. So that's that's however many people who did not have a policy before mm-hmm. now have insurance. Yeah, because they just because made they it got easy. a dirt cheap policy from Lemonade. Yeah, or or they they made it easy by asking a few questions. But the reality is, is home or renters insurance is easy. And yeah. by the way, Lemonade did not start as just. I mean, they were in a renters company. This was their. This was post pivot. Oh well, yeah, but the, it, it's just this prospectus is just you know it, it talks about delight customers grow fast, predictive data, machine learns, and then delights customers again. You're selling renters insurance. You put in your name, address, and how much you want to cover, and there's your answer. I, I don't get it. And they, well, they did that condo. Their, well, yeah, okay. Same, same difference. You're, you're, you're effectively the contents coverage. All right. But then you're like, you know, you go down into their data advantage and then they have, um, AI Maya, AI Jim. Maya is the customer experience bot. And then the customer experience and then the claims experience bot is Jim. And then you have AI based customer experience platform, Blender, the insurance management platform, forensic graph predicts and detects fraud and Cooper internal processes manager, all this stuff. And it's all connected to the customer cortex. Like really? This, I, I mean, this, this reads a lot like the WeWork one. 
And I hope in today's financial markets that people are starting to get savvy of what they want to do with their money. And for you to run an IPO during which probably is going to be the largest downturn in any six-month period in the history of the United States, at least in dollar value, um, you want to do it now? Is this really the right time to do it? It's almost like they're running out of cash and they can't get anybody else to do anything. Very likely, I think. And God forbid, I would never want a company. I, I would never want some, you know, two bags of wind on a podcast talking about our company like this or my company or any company about this. Oh, but it's not just us. Like, there's a lot of people I've seen talking on Twitter about this and comparing it exactly to WeWork. Like, why? What? How? How? Who would? Who would invest in this? This. This is WeWork all over again. I, I know, and it's. I almost sit there and think is like, well, SoftBank has already taken you know a bath now because of the WeWork. I mean, they're effectively writing off that entire investment you know, billions with a B investment, they're writing that off. And here they have even more money in here. And this is just, uh, it's amazing. You know, the risks associated with the Lemonade business, we have a history of losses and may not achieve or maintain profitability in the future. Okay. There was no hope in that statement. We may not achieve or maintain profitability in the future, meaning we have no plan to go back and pay off our original investors and to make investors in this company actually any money going forward. That's actually from their filing? Absolutely. It's the first bullet point under risks associated with our business on page 12. Wow. Um, you know, their ability to grow is uh, – and, and to – our success and ability to grow our business depends. I'm reading this straight from it on retaining and expanding our customer base. If we fail to add new customers or retain current customers, our business revenue operating financial conditions could be harmed. No kidding. Well, no kidding. That's, that's one and, of those things that you don't get profitability until you've reached a certain scale, but because of the way they, they have priced everything, it takes a lot to reach that point. Yeah. They're, they're and buying the more they customers spend on marketing the bigger that gap gets. Yeah. And, and by the way, I know why they're saying what they're saying. Okay. When I'm about to say this, but it actually comes off. If you had read everything else about it. And if you know them well, the novelty of our business model, makes its efficacy unpredictable and susceptible to unintended consequences. Now, they're trying to say that, hey, we've got a cool, hip, new, awesome, uh, you know, novel business model that that is so unique and so different, right? Yeah. But it comes off going, you know, it's kind of like a toy. It, it It's fun to play with for a while, but... Once it comes down to it, we've got to actually make money, be a company. 
Um, but yeah, the, the, all these risks associated with our business, you, you know, it, that's all on page 12 and leaks over to, um, um, page 13 and, um, you know, all, all of that type of stuff. But whenever, you know, they talk about the challenges, their risks, you know, the, um, all of it, this, there, there's no like real good forward looking plan that is in this prospectus. It talks, it shows, it uses a whole bunch of fun terms. I got Maya and Jim and, and Blender and Cooper and all of those types of things. And it's got pretty graphs and it's got, and the graphs generally going the wrong way, but you know, it has, you know, workflows and all of that. And what they do is they're sitting there putting on it. But if you read this whole thing, all it says is we need more money to go buy more customers so that we can continue to survive. So we can continue to not make money. Correct. Mark, Mark this time. I'm speechless. Yeah. I, I really am. I, I am really going to be curious to see, is there going to be any investor out there who is going to recommend them to buy stock and lemonade? Yes. Like, I mean, I think I don't, I don't, maybe there is, and I just don't know, but I can't, I cannot picture anybody going, you need to buy stock in this company. Yeah. It, it, it I couldn't do it. I, I, I can't, it, you know, all the, the, the sponsors that are on here that are trying to put it forth, you know, Goldman Sachs, Morgan Stanley, Allen & Co., Barclays, uh, Oppenheimer, William Blair, Lion Tree, JMP Securities. It, it, it's amazing that, that they would look at this and say, you know what, this is worth us tackling. Oh, I, I, in, it's, they've done well. They've done well of creating a narrative that is frankly surprising. And it's, it's amazing that they've been able to retain as much uh, equity as they have so that their dilution is not there. And it allows them to walk into this. And, you know, are they going to take that a hundred million that they, um, that they want, that they're going to get by an IPO, and are they going to um, invest that 100% in the company? No, they're not. It's going to pay off other debts, pay off previous investors, pay off equity holders that uh, want to cash out a little bit, and in the end, it's all just crazy. I mean, I, and I've gotten really good over the years about reading, you know, a, uh, you know, consolidated financials and all that. Th- this, this business, not many people would invest in. Well, um, it's going to be interesting to watch as they go through this process. Um, what happens? Yeah. For sure. Yeah. And, and, <clears throat> God, I, you know what? I'll leave it with this is that I really hope that past results, um, are not a predictor of future success because it needs to go the other way. 
the graph needs to start pointing in the other direction. Correct. For lots, lots of reasons. Oh, all right. Well, I, I, I think I've voiced uh, a little bit of my, do you feel better? Cause I think you've been uh, waiting to talk about that for a few days. I've been burning on the inside on that. One. <laughs> I saw your tweet about it. I was like, this is going to be fun. I also was yeah. like, we're definitely recording this week. Then <laughs> <laughs> he got something to say. <laughs> Uh, I mean, what have you seen many other things out there about it? Um, not too much. No, uh, a lot of it is is kind of like how how they're not profitable. How, um, yeah. this you know, so a similar similar comment was made to me kind of along your lines of like this burns me up. They're not profitable, and they're asking for money in an IPO. Mm-hmm. Like this, this is just so wrong. So, and you know, my point being, this is, this is their exit plan. This is how the, how people with startups work. Yeah. Uh, whether they're profitable or not, they're, they're trying to get, they're not, they're very smart guys. You know, they, they know what they're doing and they see an opportunity to potentially exit and get what they can while they can, because yeah. if their graph continues to go the direction it's going, it's not going to get any better for them than it is in this moment in time. Correct. I guess we got to kind of wrap this up being that uh, I have to post this here in an hour. Yeah. I'm not sure uh, how we're going to do that. Cause I've got back to back meetings from now through four. Well, I, I can have it. What, what I'll do is I'll, I'll, I'll set up the episode and then you can write out the show notes and then I can upload it and be ready to go. Yeah. I'm going to need that unicorns vomiting rainbows article. I, all you have to do is go to the mighty Google and type in lemonade vomiting rainbow. (laughs) 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 Yeah. And it's a great article. It's a very, very long article. So get ready to to read, but it it was definitely, uh, it, it was definitely uh, quite, quite good. But uh, I guess we've be uh, we've beat this unicorn to death. You've <laughs> <laughs> got a technica. It, the, the floor is covered in technicolor blood because I think we've we've killed it. Um, I think the next time that we'll have to talk about this is whenever they do go uh, go out public and and see see the financial institutions, see the people that actually invest in it. It, it just. If I if if I was a consultant, then was like, listen, this is giving the wrong signals. You, we yeah. gotta we gotta just we gotta build a business that makes money. So, well, I guess uh, since this was my uh, my episode to vent, I'll go ahead and also do the close, right? Uh, sure, you go for it. See if you can right. get it right this time. Oh yeah, well it's been a while, so I've. I'm, by the way, this is called a delay tactic, so I can be in my <laughs> so you can brain try to remember what you're to remember to say. is. Yeah, absolutely. Well, d- dear listeners, what do you think about uh, lemonade and in our pure vitriol that we've been able to throw out today, or at least I have. Becky's tried to be the uh, the straight man on this one, but uh, <laughs> it, it, it's hard whenever you kind of agree. <laughs> We've but, already uh, established I'm not good at playing devil's advocate. Yes. Well, um, make sure you uh, leave a comment uh, either on uh, Twitter using the handle insurance happy hour. That's make sure hashtag. you need to, 
Hashtag Twitter handle. Hashtag whatever. We don't have a Twitter for insurance happy hour. <laughs> Should. Um, but yeah, um, I'm L Ricks Ford on Twitter and Becky is Becky L Schroeder on Twitter. Make sure you tag us on any of the tweets as well, just so that we can enjoy it in the conversation. If you don't have Twitter, you can also try it out on LinkedIn. We might reply. I can assure you, I will not reply on Facebook. And uh, if you really want to go old school, you can definitely leave comments on the page uh, on insurancehappyhour.com. Make sure you subscribe. If you haven't, why are you here? If you if you're just listening because you saw this on Twitter and said, you know what, I need to know it, learn more about Lemonade, then you absolutely need to uh, subscribe and go and, listen in the archive because we have one or two episodes about Lemonade. Yeah, I like the one that uh, Beyonce stole my Lemonade. I think that I don't was. Think I was time. there for that one. You were you were on maternity leave, but uh, that's one of the points is that their brand Lemonade might become diluted in the future. <laughs> All right. Um, other than that, you got anything else, Becky? Nope. That covers it. All right. All right. Well, uh, it's been a fun episode. And uh, as always, thanks for listening. I mean, I would never take a company public because they have employment agreements online. They had they all your dirty laundries online, and this show would become my dirty laundry. <laughs>